Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. All right, everyone. Welcome to the funny thing about yoga. We are here live at Zen Yoga Garage. So thank you all for taking class for everyone who took it. Uh, I'm here with Melissa. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I'm here with uh, Gianna. And we're going to have a discussion tonight based on uh, class. And we'll also give all of you the opportunity to ask us questions related to uh, the topic tonight. So let's get let's get started. Okay. So I want to provide just a little bit of context for the conversation, of course. And I don't know who's read the description online versus, you know, people who are listening to this, uh, you know, at home right now, whatever you're doing. We had a very specific objective and idea for this conversation, which is basically that the teacher-student paradigm has shifted in the last decade. And some of the shifts are really, really great. And some of them we think may have changed things. I'm not going to say for the worse or anything like that. I'm not making this big binary, but may have left something behind. And so specifically, and I'll give a bunch of examples and I'm sure we'll talk about this more. We can see that we can kind of measure both students' progress in the physical practice. I want to kind of zero in on the physical practice for a a large portion of this conversation rather than getting into all of of the limbs of yoga (laughs) because then it gets even more nuanced and confusing. But for the sake of the beginning portion of this conversation, we'll talk about asana and the asana practice. And so we know that there are different types of students, like everyone learns a different way and different types of students will respond to different types of teachers. And at least here where we are, I see less and less of the style of teacher that was around when I first started practicing yoga in the early 2000s. And for context, that teacher was usually very um, authoritative, but not not like abusive in any way. I just want to know some of them were, but that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a different podcast. There were <laughs> there were definitely teachers that like teetered the line and and you know it's not a joking matter, but but my experience was more like you can if you've ever been in the dancer world and you could kind of speak to this, it was like it was you respected and the teacher's command and then you aimed to like almost not just please the teacher, but like to up level. And there was a lot of that mind frame around how, you know, I first experienced the yoga practice. What about you? Cause I know you come from the dancer world. Yeah. I come from the dancer world. I've been a practicing yoga student for 20 years, um, in studios and definitely shifted, shifted by location. It was tough to tell what shifted by time versus location, but definitely been. And I think, and it still exists, I should say also, like we're talking like everything is that of the past, but teachers continue to teach in the way that they like to teach best. And I've definitely had those teachers that are like, do this, 
straighten your knees, straighten your knees. I mean, I should also prep. I started in a style of yoga that is, has a very public scandal that there's a documentary on that you could watch that is much less forgiving <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in the queuing and the way in which folks are welcomed in. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of this performative development because like Gianna, like I came into yoga through the dance world and I was in classes with all professional dancers, just trying to get our legs higher than the person next to us and seeing the praise given out to the front row person taking their fourth class of the day mm-hmm. who, you know, on the sidelines has horrible SI joint pain and like, yeah, the behind the scenes stuff, stuff going on. And they were usually like pushing past, you know, personal limitations. Cause it was always like the emphasis on flexibility or like more was really glorified, like go deeper, deeper, sh- like harder. And, and I think one of the shifts, and I just want to be blatant because a lot of this does revolve around a lot of social and political issues, but we cannot not mention like the Me Too movement and issues of like touch and consent. And so I think around that time or, or even, even before that time, we as yoga teachers, and I wasn't really, was I teaching then? Yeah. I was like just beginning, um, teachers had to rethink how they showed up if they did come from the lineages that, you know, pass down those more like strict teachings. And so part of this paradigm shift is not, I'm not just putting like studentship. I I don't want to make a case like, oh, studentship has changed. Like the teaching has changed and how teachers show up. It's an equal, it's a equal maybe imbalance in the shift because teachers have become maybe in some essence, like soft in some areas and cautious and sensitive. And a lot of that is really great. And then in other regards, we see students being less serious about learning. So the question that I ask myself is one, how can I better serve the student? And I try to recognize the different types of learning that I mentioned, but also, so how can I best serve that student? And is there something missing from the teaching that has made students want to change the way they show up as students? Because part of me thinks, well, some people just want to like work out, work out and like, maybe they had like pizza for lunch. And I don't want to like, you know, downplay that, but that is a lot of what happens or and then there's some people who I know for years and years who are like please help me with my handstand and so there's a different kind of there's an you know there's a bunch of different students what do you think I agree I think that there's a lot of people now that are um doing other modalities besides just yoga, which I th- actually think is a really good thing. I think that's a really good thing for people's physical practice. But I find that most students are, it's not that they're lacking strength. They're very strong. They're lacking skill. And skill and strength are very different things. So someone someone who's really strong can come into a yoga room, push through maybe doing a handstand, but they're not skillful. So what I think is happening right now in modern vinyasa is we have a lot of students that are not lacking strength. They're lacking skill. They're lacking uh, a sense of refineness uh, that I think we, you used to see a little bit more, uh, 10 years ago or so. Well, I think in that regard, then we do get into the other limbs of the yoga. It's like, okay, so they have the strength and they're doing the physical practice, but are they actually dropping in to 
the flow? Are they, are they breathing? Are they withdrawing their senses? Are they absorbed in the meditative components and so on? And so I'm saying like the English translation for the other limbs that follow, but that's something where, you know, a gymnast can drop into a class, but they might not be getting all the yoga. (laughs) You also mentioned like just talking about asana and I'm talking specifically about Mm -hmm. physical practice of yoga. And if someone asks me, well, who is the advanced practitioner? Even though there's, of course, not a hierarchy of of practitioners. But if I'm looking at someone who's like, okay, I can tell that they have a very skillful asana practice. It's someone when you watch them, it's not that they can do crazy postures. It has nothing to do with that. It's that when they move, it's literally like watching a pendulum swing on a clock. Everything is consistent. Everything is paced. There's no rushing. Um, they don't, they don't like fly through a vinyasa in two seconds. Everything is just, you can tell they are literally moving with their breath. Breath is at the heart of all yoga practices, but vinyasa, it's like, it's so it's, it is the heart of a vinyasa yoga practice. You know, it's where, what everything is based around. So I find a lot of students that also may be skillful in their poses, but lack skill in breath, including myself. Right. Yeah. I think that breathing is the hardest thing, hardest mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. And we could all three share like our, our perspectives from like as the student and the teacher, because um, even for, as a student, I agree, there's things that I'm still working on. It's the, just controlling the mind as a teacher. It's funny because I'm, I'm always asking myself the question I kind of posed a couple moments ago of, about you know, how to serve the student best or what can I do? Cause just as much I want, as I want to see the growth in my students, I want to also always be growing. And so I think having this conversation and we'll talk more about the class we just did in a moment, I think having this conversation, almost like an open forum with those of you who showed up to the live event is, could be really important, not just for like my own inspiration, but also maybe how you think about showing up on your mats. Yeah, and I just want to chime in like it's it's so challenging because we've already brought up different, you know, when we're talking a timeline, what events happened during that timeline that has shifted this paradigm. And I think a big one you touched on with the Me Too movement is just the existence and proliferance of social media mm-hmm. and how the portrayal of yoga has shifted quite significantly in the past 10, 15, 20 years from like loose fitting cotton clothes sitting quietly in meditation to doing headstands on the edges of cliffs. Yeah. Right. And like, we've all seen that image on social media and like it or not, I bet 90% of us have been like, I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and like the, the kind of like sexy coordinated sets that they're selling and like the, we had, whole, Viore, yeah. <laughs> we had, we had a whole episode about body image, but it's almost like the proliferation of that body that is in that media that then we're consuming. And then that becomes like, Oh, is yoga? Like, what is yoga about? And, you know, and yeah, I want to add something else, which is like, like where you're talking about, well, there's so many things we've ended up in the space that we're in because of many, many different things. It's yeah. not linear. It's a, plethora of things but the thing for me that comes to mind is now if you have something like a a basic he says basic fundamentals yoga class people are not going to come not not many people are going to come compared to a vinyasa class Mm -hmm. because they think it's easy and before in a lot of different styles of yoga you had to learn the fundamentals very very well Mm -hmm. before you did anything else 
And yeah. so I think that the, the, for me, I think what I would like to see more of is people learn the fundamentals well, but that's hard because not a lot of yoga studios, but Zen does have vinyasa one classes, but not a lot of yoga studios um, have those kind of fundamental basics workshop class because people don't come. People, people just want to come. the challenge. They like might not be ready for a two, three, but they, they read the description and they want to be ready for the two, three. Do, do you feel that way? I mean, people I, do come to our vinyasa one classes, but nothing like the, like a normal vinyasa. Well, one. and I will say like our, our big pillar that we stand on at Zen is inclusion. And part of that is creating a commitment to creating spaces where people feel comfortable and at ease to come in. And the reality of studio scheduling is it's a business. Yeah, of course. So even having vinyasa one classes, there are fewer of those than are all levels vinyasas. They mm -hmm. are less in attendance. And you're right. We get students who come to them because it's just the time of day that works for them. Mm -hmm. So then even more as a teacher, it's challenging to commit to a format when you're seeing what's going on in the room. And often I think we take those opportunities to get more advanced teachers in or more advanced students rather in a fundamentals class and go, no, 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 chaturanga and hold. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Well, I was, I subbed yesterday a vinyasa one class and it was so interesting because they were like the strongest. <laughs> Thanks mom. Uh, <laughs> They were some of the strongest vinyasa practitioners I've seen. Their chaturangas were super strong. Like they were like, it was like a, and I was kind of confused. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to teach, you know, teach a vinyasa one class to people who are doing chaturangas really well, better than in my like normal. Normal or two threes. And I was yeah. like, what is going on here? Yeah. And then for the person who's never done yoga before or very new to the practice, yeah. they're looking at people doing handstand transitions in yeah. a vinyasa one class. And they're like, Oh, that's it. I'm never coming yeah. back. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. And I know from the student's per perspective, I can relate to that drive. of like, oh, like I want to see and be inspired by the other things. And I think it's really hard to be a beginner again. But I think being a beginner offers you like the most options because you haven't like narrowed down your mind on one thing. Like for instance, like we all know yoga really well. And so I think we're all like 10 year mark or something of the teaching and practicing probably more than that. So it's, for us, it's really hard to be a beginner again. I think sometimes it's even harder to teach beginners when you've been in it so long, because it's a whole different mind frame. But as a beginner, when your mind is that open, like you do need some sort of like regulation. Structure. Yeah. Cause you might, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas when you are an expert, something's like, you can't teach me anything new or like, well, I'm, I've already been here and done that. Like, I don't want to try that. Yeah. It's simultaneously <laughs> the easiest and hardest to teach advanced students because it's the easiest. Cause you're like down dog, yeah, they <laughs> get <That's> there, <laughs> do three Sundays on your own. I'm gonna go sip some coffee. Yeah. But then when you're trying to get your advanced student to pull back, like, mm -hmm. oh boy, that gets hard because how do you do it without hurt, like hurting their ego? Yeah. Right. We all want to be good. And that's why you're like, there's a level of show offedness when you're doing your practice of like, <laughs> did you see me hold this? Well, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> I also think you just brought up something 
to my memory, jog my memory. Like I remember, and this is so bad because this, I'm admitting that this is like, I was not in my yoga practice, but I remember in the early days of being a student, like wanting to impress my teacher. And it's like, it's like, because you have that relationship where it's like, oh, they're helping me like grow in some way. And like, I'm learning so much and I'm a, a sponge absorbing. I would be, it would be exactly that. Like, look how good my cheddar or is like, I'm holding my crow and so on. And then it's like, you're in your ego, but I don't, I don't feel like I have that necessarily now where or like, I, mean, I, I don't think I have a student that wants to show off to me. <laughs> but they probably, I think you do. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. That's okay. So I've got yeah. one, one student that wants to show off. To me. <laughs> but I think that folks are just showing off in their own way. And you had Alison Riazzi on a few weeks ago and she mentioned that she got a teaching job. Yeah. from taking practice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, yeah, of course, if you've seen Alice in practice, she has that ebb and flow that Bradshaw is talking about. But how wild is that? You know, that you're like, oh, I'm practicing, but you're looking at me practice to see if mm -hmm. I can have a job. Yeah, like This they... is an audition, but not like a normal yoga audition, like a dance audition. Yeah, that's yeah. really weird. I think that's very strange. I think I got a job that way once too. Which is weird though, because I mean, I just know a lot of people that are like have really pretty practices that are awful teachers for instance and I don't mind saying this online like there was there's this I, they're not popular anymore I'm not going to gender the persons because I don't want to give it away um but there's a person who's very very big on Instagram was doing a like a couple of whatever workshops or whatever I went I got like the worst assist of my life from this person but they were like half a million followers big you know big like I guess reputation not a very good teacher. I like walked away in pain and injured. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I was like, oh, this just like brought that to life to me. And like, you know, my 50 something year old teacher at the local studio who doesn't demo anything or have social media, like actually has made a bigger impact <laughs> on my practice. You will also find, I don't want to get too off topic, but I think this is important to understand you um, can be really skillful. You can be really good at something, but not be good at teaching that thing. And, um, and I'll speak from my own experience. I did a lot of gymnastics growing up. Handstands and versions came very natural to me when I started practicing yoga. Um, and then when I started teaching, I had no idea how to teach them because I, I just had that embodied experience. So my teaching style was kick up. You just be like, hands like, in, do it. Yeah, yeah like that's like literally. <laughs> just do it. How do you, like, you can do, do it? it? <laughs> like that's that's not helpful compared to a, a teacher took them a decade to learn how to do a handstand. They've really acquired the skill of doing the handstand over years of work and have an embodied experience of not being able to do the thing. Mm -hmm. So often those teachers that it takes them a long time to learn to do something or maybe they never get to do it, but they've uh, they've really worked worked on it for many years and. Uh, that they tend to be better at teaching that thing. Mm -hmm. It's hard to teach a it's hard to teach a posture or a, a a shape that you've been doing. Like I don't remember learning how to do handstands. I've just been able to do handstands since I was very young. And so again, that's just an example of something. Um, just because someone has a skill does not mean they should they can teach it. I'm just laughing because we're going to keep this topic on asana. But that happens for all the eight limbs of practice. Mm -hmm. You know, there are mm -hmm. teachers who are really good at teaching philosophy who are like big old asshole. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, okay. So I want to draw back to the original like 
teacher-student paradigm shift. And I'm going to open this to just a very broad question. Uh, you can just do a raise of hand. If there is something that you do want to say, yeah, we have a mic fairy who will bring around the mic. Have you all noticed a shift, the same shift that we're kind of talking about? Just a yes. It, yes is a raise of a hand. Yeah. You don't. Okay. We've got at least a third of the room. Cool. Okay. Is, what did you ask them? You have to pay attention. What, what were you doing? You were on your phone. No, I wasn't. You were on your phone. He, everyone saw that, right? We have live. This I have been... two boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. We're actually not. I don't know. I, 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 I hope they don't listen to it. <laughs> yes. You have a question? But like, like... <laughs> boyfriends. boyfriends. <laughs> next, next podcast, I'm like, I have 17 boyfriends. <laughs> It's okay. not really a question, but more kind of like a comment on that. Yeah. And it's partially like, you know, post me too, po partially post COVID, um, like the touch assist, which like can be kind of gross, like for both parties involved, like mm -hmm. I'm sweaty. Like, do you really want to be touching me? Yeah. No, like for like the teacher, but also there is a little element of me missing like, oh, you lifting my foot up that extra Ooh. half inch feels totally different. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I haven't had a hands-on assist in a long time. And, and I understand why, but it's also that change that I kind yeah. of miss a little. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And this is something like as somebody running a studio, that is very, it's really challenging to sort of navigate because there are teachers who I know and who are teaching here who have re-looked at their offerings and maybe even self-selected like, oh, I'm not good at this or I don't feel comfortable doing this or I'm masculine presenting and I'm no longer going to adjust mm -hmm. like feminine presenting people. Um, but then we get feedback from students who want it more and more. And I think honestly, we're out of practice because we went almost three years not not allowed to touch people not wanting to be touched and now coming out of that it's like oh do you, you no one said they didn't want this but like do you actually is this cool with you and then you're doing all that and you're like oh and by the way warrior two <laughs> i mean i i haven't given hands on assist since pre-covid so i probably i don't know it's been five years or something and i and i I'll tell you why. I'll be just very transparent. Um, I am maybe flaming homosexual, but I am male presenting <laughs> and shocking. And I, as as a a male presenting person, I'm not getting paid enough to put my hands on people. And for me, even if wait, like, can you clarify that? What does the money have to do with? I'll tell you. I'll, yeah, because like, I just need to call that out. Around. Like what? Yeah, I was like, we are not hashtag fragile. We're gonna pay you six hundred dollars, and we want you to give assists. Okay, but explain it. Explain it more. Explain okay. it more. Well, I'm I, I just explained. This it. is part of the funny thing. They're laughing. Okay, Don't be mad at me. It's so annoying. <laughs> so I, I also like my some of my classes Tuesday nights, Saturday Saturday mornings are packed. There's like sixty people in there, 
or whatever. And I don't want to be distracted trying to give an assist while I'm teaching just so many people. It's not like I have five people in the room. It's much easier to assist yeah. like that. And then when it comes to like, oh, well, you can have chips, you can have this to say, I don't want to be touched. I do want to be touched. And then I'm trying to teach and looking to see if you have a chip on your mat. And yeah, that, there's and so like, many moving anxious, parts. Like maybe I touched the wrong person and the chip was over there. And maybe like, it's just not worth it. It's for me, it's just, it's just, again, it's not, um, it's not worth it. If, if it was in a workshop, um, which I have said, and I'm just, I'm very blunt and I'm like, with your consent, I will give you a hands-on assist and I will, but I'll also go up to the student while there are other students around. And I'm like, do I have your consent? This is where I'm putting my hands Yeah, because I don't want, I, like people have gotten in, in trouble and I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you don't know the student and I agree with you, I, I didn't mean to be like, what does money have to do with it? No. As like, I disagree. I agree with you. I normally will only hands-on assist in private lessons. It's like, cause I yeah. know that person, I know their health history. Mm -hmm. I've built like a rapport. We've have an intake form that I have their consent. And then I get to like really know their practice. And so I could know what to help them with. Whereas in like a regular drop-in class, especially if it's a big one, it's like, Oh, I might have, I might know your face. I might not know you at all. I'm not going to just all of a sudden like pull your foot down an inch, even though I want to so badly. There are so many times I look and I'm like, Oh, I just want to take it right now. But and it's also like from the teacher's perspective, like if you're out of practice, it is an art to get back into because you have these moving parts that Bradshaw's talking about. Like you have the music, all, all of, you know, the flow, the, the speaking, the tech, if you're still doing online, there's so many different things. And then it's like, I don't know if you've ever been in a class where someone else is being assisted yeah, and good. you're not. Yes. I was just gonna and say then that. it's like, they're taking so long and you're like, am I still here? And you're like looking around. <laughs> not, not only that, but then sometimes they're like, oh, my friend's going to exist. Why didn't I get assisted? I want an assist. But, but the, are you still here? That's the thing where it, like, it takes the teacher like back to, but you need to perfect that. You have to like get in, like finesse it out a little bit so that it doesn't happen. When that happens, it's like, oh, they didn't like come in quickly and then leave gracefully. They're like spending too much time and whatever. But I agree with you. I just want to like acknowledge that I, I, I grew up. <laughs> I was, when I started, like assists were very normal. And I do think it has helped me advance my practice in ways. It has also injured me in some ways, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. I was gonna say, that's what I want to talk about. Like just in terms of bringing it to this paradigm shift that we're talking about. I think the way that most 200 hour trained yoga teachers are trained in assists, it's all what we call like the ooey gooey feel good assists. Like, oh, in a pigeon assist, you press hips down and oh, doesn't that feel good? Like maybe, or maybe you're going to really jack someone's body up. Yeah. And so I think that as we've like had time to reflect on like, oh, why am I doing this to make you more flexible? So I think also just the type of assists that are being offered are much less like full palm, full pressure, squeeze you close. And a mm -hmm. lot more of a little like tap or a poke yeah. and a little a tiny I, adjustment of the hips. Kiss on the lips. Kiss on the lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I love that point. And I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I, I remember like being cranked in a twist and then just like feeling like, oh, oh my yeah. ribs hurt, like leaving the class. And it's like, we go here to feel good. We come to you to feel good. We don't never want anyone to walk away. Like, I mean, oh, I have God. this that gave me bruises because oh, they would just like climb on your back. And you're mm. like, oh, that's your kneecap right there yeah. and my liver thing. Part, <laughs> part of me like doesn't believe it ever happened, but I'm like, oh yeah, that like, was only 10 years ago or something. Has anyone in this room been practicing around 10 years or more? Yeah. 
Okay. Do you remember those days? No. no. Okay. We got no's. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's not, I'm yeah, but I, um, okay. So I want to bring the conversation a little bit to what we did today, which I think was definitely regulated. Like, like <laughs> it like, was much more regulated than I thought it yeah, was going to be. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I think our personalities still were intact. Whereas like while we were discussing what we were going to do, I thought maybe we'd be playing like characters more, but I think it just feels so unnatural to play those characters for us. Um, did anyone notice any differences in the teaching styles? Cause I do think there were some, uh, differences that we intentionally portrayed and folks joining from home. We just are oh, listening yeah. on the yeah, podcast. <laughs> we just had a one hour vinyasa practice co-led. I started Bradshaw went in the middle for more of the active stuff. And then Gianna brought everybody back down. Yeah. We each did 20 minutes and, um, we're, we're seeing what people observed or if you were totally in the flow, yeah. that's cool too. It's not cool. It's, don't be in the flow. You don't want to be in the flow. It's not a place you want to be. Um, there was the chair pose, and then you had us um work feet in, and then kind of apply more pressure, and it felt like I was working out different muscles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what. I, it's a good observation. Yeah, you did. Huh. Yeah, you had them uh, ground their feet and try to pull apart the mat, which engaged the abductors. You also had them not lift their toes, which makes the weight more in the quads. If you're, especially if you're sitting back. Kept a neutral spine. Mm -hmm. Was there anything you noticed differently in terms of sty stylistic or like, yeah? Okay. Well, uh, you seemed more directive. Yeah. You were a little bit softer, no offense. Oh, no, but no, you no, were no, more no. like, it felt intentional that you were playing that directive, um, continue flowing, just move by move. Yeah. 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 I feel like um, with Bradshaw, when you teach it, you speak a lot more to the anatomy. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I'm i like thinking about very specific body parts like abductor or whatever. Um, and I feel like you two had very different imagery in the terms of like, um, you changed the way that I do my cat cows because um, now I do them like pulling apart the mat or pushing away the mat. And I feel like you keep, we're giving more metaphors like flowing downward or it felt like just more like lovely and gentle mm, yeah. um but t two different types of imagery but ho helpful in different ways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but bo both of those observations are definitely things we did <laughs> we I, I confirm <laughs> was that did we tell them what the original plan was yes I was like so originally I was the most neutral of everybody intentionally first. So that way, whatever you were about to go through, you would have at least had your mind right. Um, I also intentionally didn't do much of a philosophical Dharma talk. I brought it into very present, not ignoring that yoga philosophy exists, but for the sake of this conversation, kind of ignoring that yoga philosophy exists and bringing it into the present of the room. Mm -hmm. Racha, what were you doing? I was just more authoritative and like authoritative and direct. 
Yeah, I wanted, I really wanted him to do more. Like, I wanted him to, like. I was just afraid, though, because I was, there are people here that, like, didn't stay for the talk. And I'm yeah. like, are they going to be like, this guy's a fucking dick. So, no, like, honestly, I was afraid. She's like, you have to be no, more dragged. I know. I don't want to, because I don't want to, like, <laughs> well, leave. They're like, yeah, that was well, great. But there was one point where you were like, really nice job, everyone. Well, I and, and I say that. And he says it all the time. And I'm like, don't compliment them. <laughs> I, th- I think immediately after he was like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely heard more like don't cues from him. Don't lift your toes. Don't tuck your tailbone, which is like, you know, more of that um, reprimanding like harshness to it. And also like he, he may have told you how to engage, but he did not talk about alignment. He just said triangle pose, mm-hmm. half moon. He did not tell you what half moon is or triangle pose. He did not just like Melissa, when she started, you know, she told you where your hands, you were pressing down through one hand as you reached the other one up. You were like, mm-hmm. she told you where your hands are, where your feet were, where you were moving in space. Whereas Bradshaw's like simple directness requires some foundation of knowledge. Cause if a complete beginner walked into class, they would not know what triangle pose is or half moon pose. And they would probably do all the internal rotation thing. They'd be like, what the hell is going on? Like you needed some context, uh, context to and like will, kind of flow along with Bradshaw. I will, and I will say it's like you, you couldn't help, but be you, yeah. you know, because I think that taking it to that true authoritative level that we like if there was a caricature of a teacher who's authoritative it would have been do this shape yeah. straighten your knees yeah straighten like your, you know like it would be yeah. do this feet together in this way in this form with no sense of humor with no sense of humor yeah. <laughs> and like but like Bradshaw has to tell you the why he can't help himself yeah I can't yeah. Well, I also like I am I do consider myself out of a lot of the teachers here more of a authoritative authoritative stylistic teacher I'm, I, I am very direct and there are certain things where I'm like, I, I believe that yoga, especially in Vinyasa, there's tons of gray. The majority of the stuff is gray, but I am very, I'm a stickler for the things that are not gray and black and white. Um, but we, and Gianna does a really good job at this. I don't do a great job at it. It's something I'm working on in my teaching, which is saying, don't do this. But I think some, some of you might like that. Do, who here likes there, the don't cues? There were just Raise like that grinning emoji, One, like two, grit three, tea. Four, like, five, yeah. six, seven. Well, the- people like the don't cues <laughs> here. <laughs> when, I take a, when I take a class personally, I want a teacher that's direct, that tells me how to do something, that knows where they're going, that is not what Gianna was the last one, which is very flowery. Like flowery like, like, you know, options. I gave talking. every single thing we did, I gave you an option for. Mm-hmm. So, and that was kind of, the point is like, I want to make sure that I, you know, you can touch your, when we did our forward folds, your calves, your ankles, or your feet, you can keep your hands like this, or you can do this, or you can do this. I also don't don't think, I think that's a really good thing. Right. I think that I was, I think that again, Gianna couldn't help but be Gianna because there are flowery teachers. And like, this is where I know, I know for sure everyone has taken class with a flowery teacher who can't help but like and floating your heart to the ceiling as yeah. you are lifting through the edges of your soul. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they can't help themselves. They teach with their eyes closed, you know, like yeah. just reading poetry to you while think, you're doing whatever you want to do. Which I think is also fine. I think that all, all of the different styles that we did, they're all fine. It just, it depends on what resonates with you. I think my 
my favorite teacher would be a mixture of all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like the best, like the best version would be like all three, like be authoritative, give options, be kind. Well, you know, something, <laughs> something that I think about from the teaching perspective is like, if I'm too like supportive, do they respect and like learn? Mm-hmm. Do students respect that and learn? And are they still like making measurable progress? Notice how the woman questions that and the man doesn't. <laughs> it's sure. true. It's true. And I do know, and, then, and that's why I know you. That's I know you don't. That's yeah. why I get that's to say like it, you know, like yeah, it is very gendered. We're like us. you don't worry don't, about like, if, being if, supportive enough. There's a teacher that I know who doesn't teach in the city anymore, and I'm not going to name this teacher, but there's a, a, a female teacher, a fantastic teacher, really strong teacher, very authoritative. Um, and people are like, she's a bitch. And I'm like, she's actually mm-hmm. not a bitch. Mm-hmm. She's a fantastic teacher. She's just direct. She's a yeah. woman that's being direct. So you think she's a bitch. Yeah. Um, and I, that's, Wait, I mean, can that's we, just... can I tell the story? I think I told this the other day. You're a bitch. No. <laughs> yes, probably. Because this is the story I'm going to tell. So Bradshaw and I, we did a teacher training during COVID that was over, um, pandemic. And so we had separate sessions. A lot of times I wasn't involved in his and he wasn't involved in mine. But anyway, like I was teaching TD Bossana firefly pose and I had them on their hands for like two hours. It was a lot on the wrist. And so it got to the point where like, we're all exhausted. And I just said, I was like, we're headed to pigeon pose. So if you're over it, meet us in, in pigeon pose, which I don't think like at that time it was a two hour class. It was a workshop. I don't think I was as mindful as I could have been about my words. I was like, you know, this is a lot. We're exhausted. We're going to pigeon pose. If you're over it, just meet me there. And like, I got feedback that that was really discouraging and that there was the wrong choice of language. And I respect this email that I got big email and it took it into heart. But for example, Bradshaw will be doing his workshop and he'll literally be like, you can't do that. Just give up, quit. And there's no email. Kidding. I'm kidding. He's kidding. He's 100% yeah, I mean, kidding. It's, it's, it's a humor, but, yeah. but you, but yeah, he'll be like, oh, if you can't do that, you, sh- you shouldn't be in teacher training, but he's 100% joking and everyone laughs and it's taken as a joke. So there is that dichotomy that I've had to deal with a little bit where I'm like, oh my God, like I had the guilt for a week. I'm like, I discourage someone. They don't think they belong here. It didn't mean to. And like, it still lives with me that I like think about those things. So it is a good point, but it does change how we show up. And I think that this brings up another good point If because I know some of you are teachers or doing teacher trainings or I've done them, which is like, not everyone is going to like you. And my question is, and I've gotten feedback that people don't like the way I present class. They don't, but they don't, they don't like my class. Totally fine. As long, and I, there's been feedback where I'm like, I'll, I'll take, I'll definitely take that into consideration and change X, Y, and Z for sure. But if it's like, you know, I have a hundred people that take class and two people just don't care for it. That's okay. That's totally okay. Especially at Zen where there's so many different types of teachers and there is a teacher for every student. So it's some things, you know, certain people are required tastes. And I think that if you're coming from like a place of care and of like love for the practice and of your students, then that's okay. Yeah. And as somebody who like fields all the complaints, (laughs) (laughs) the same teachers get the most complaints and the most praise. Mm. And they're the teachers who have the fullest classes. Yeah. 
And that's the double-edged sword is there's more people there who are going to be resonate and say, this is my person. I'm taking their class every time they're on the schedule. And then there's also going to be somebody there who's like, who is this person? Why are they here? That was the worst experience I've ever had Mm -hmm. in the same class. Mm -hmm. And so being that person's like, yeah, I get it. I've tried this person. (laughs) Is that what you you do? Like, what is your... I mean, my feedback is always take it, assess, like, of course, if like obviously like, assess that there's something yeah. that needs conversation. Often there's like a, oh, hey, don't check your phone while you're teaching class, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or something or like, and then there's also the ridiculous complaints. We got one. And for those of you who are at Zen, we got a review that said that they absolutely hated the class because the teacher just sang country music the whole time while they did burpees. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know who that is, shout out to you. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, generally it's giving them another option, another suggestion. Yeah. I will say like business-wise, there's... I take into account how they've paid for class, what mm-hmm. they're doing here, what kind of like, you had a bad experience, you had a bad experience yeah. and we, I want to honor that. And you had a bad experience, which shows that that style of teacher or class or whatever it is, wasn't the right style or person mm-hmm. for you. So here are my suggestions on who to take next. And I'll say I had one of these complaints, maybe three or four weeks ago. And it was the person's first time they ever came to the studio. And last week they signed up for a membership. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, like the, you just know you're not going to go to that person's class because you don't like them. But with 60 teachers on staff, you're not going to like everybody. Yeah, You don't have to take from everybody. There's literally a teacher for everyone. And yeah. it's like, I always say it's like the same with like a therapist. Like you might need to try a different one to, to find your fit. Yeah. But I have a question for you all. What do you look for in a yoga teacher? Besides gay, tattooed, short. Yeah. <laughs> With two boyfriends. I've got two animals. So I've liked being just feeling connected and feeling like they can bring you to the present moment and like they're there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's always, I feel like the best experience because a lot of growth comes out of that. Thank you for sharing. I would say confidence is really key. Mm-hmm. So whatever style is great. Like you said, I love every style of teacher, but I want someone who goes up there and is really confident in what they're doing. It makes me feel safe as a student that mm-hmm. they're like watching, making sure I'm not going to hurt myself by doing something stupid probably. Um, so yeah, like confidence and like they know what. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you think, quick question before... Do you think that, um, no, no, this could be, I was like, does the teacher with a lot of options scream not as much confidence? No. Okay. The answer is no. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, wait, that's a kind of good follow-up. Okay. Um, I was going to say someone that explains a position Mm -hmm. or why our hands should be out a little further Mm -hmm. because then I remember why that, the reason. Yeah. Okay. So, and then it's, it shows their knowledge and it shows that it's like, well, all my other teachers told me this, like between two panes of glass, like Mm -hmm. triangle, you're not between two panes of glass. It's like, but why? Like, oh, all my other teachers always told me that. So you must be the wrong one. So Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, now you've shifted my thinking. Mm -hmm. You're I'm never wrong. Um, (laughs) One thing I enjoy about Zen in general is kind of the investment that the teachers have made in us. Mm -hmm. Um, 
sometimes Shannon's like a little bit of an asshole, but me? she will <laughs> she tell a story when she got back and I knew she was talking about me that she was gone for like a year and there's students that she's had for years you're that she's come back me. a year later and they're still doing things incorrectly well and i was like i know that's towards me but, but she sat me down after class and showed me what i was doing incorrectly and yeah. anytime i want to work on anything she stays and she helps me and that's why i show off and say and the teachers that you hire here i think they're all wonderful. So. Thank there, you. There is a teacher for everyone, but I was not going to share that story out of okay. respect. No, but it's, it is interesting that you bring it up though. And I think I just want to share flip side stories. So I, I left Zen or I left Chicago for a year and I came back. And so my regulars, not just Michelle, a bunch of people who are always in my classes <laughs> are like, I'm like noticing I'm like, Oh, this person still drops their head in chaturanga or this person has like a rounded back instead of a flat back and so on. And I'm like, I'm just taking mental note. I'm like, Oh wow. Now I've been gone for a year. So I like I'm measuring, I'm like in one year, the things that I was like saying didn't land in a way, but also on the flip side, I'm like, well, in a year, I'm still kind of teaching the same. So it's given me both perspectives. It's not just like the things that I shared with you, even though I'm like, I'm back, I'm ready to help you, Michelle, let's get, let's get to this. Like, there's a little bit of that, but it's also like, how can I be a better teacher? That's wanna, the that's the thing of it. I want to call you out kindly. Okay. Um, <laughs> before practice, Bradshaw Gian and I are like, wait, so what are, what are we going to do? Well, so other people are teaching. And Gianna was like, you know, I think I'm going to observe. I did. Maybe take notes. I and like not tell notes. people, but that way I know what my students can need to work on so that I can work on it with them. <laughs> so Gianna was literally in the back taking I notes. I did. I have, I have probably a note about each of you. Um, if you want to know it later, I'm happy to share. And like people who always come to my class who really know me, I like joke with some of them. I was like, I'm going to give you homework later because I'm like, we're, t we're teaching, but like, we don't go like maybe some people practice at home or they're practicing with other teachers, of course, but if they don't know what to focus on, they won't know how to improve. So personally, I'm always happy to tell you after class. If you ever take my class, let me know. There's also different students learn things differently. Yeah. So like maybe they do need a hands-on assist. Maybe they do need a visual. Maybe they need more than just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You, had a, you, you wanted to say something. Um, I wanted to go back to what you said, Gianna. You had asked if like getting more options makes the person take you less seriously. Mm -hmm. you said? Yeah. Um, or respect or, or think they have are less, less confident, confident, less confident. Oh, if you have more, if you offer more options. Oh, um, I disagree with it. Like, I feel like it makes you more knowledgeable. Like okay. you know how to tend to a bigger variety of people. And I think it also makes me feel more comfortable with like, um, what I feel my abilities are that day. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. if I don't, if I am aching and I don't want to touch my toes and you're like, touch your knees like that makes me feel better about my choice of like mm -hmm. touching my knees yeah um I think that makes me at least feel more comfortable yeah, yeah. thank you for sharing that I like I like hearing that because sometimes it like I could be like oh if I have too much is then it's like they don't know what to do like, is it too many, too many options is decision, decision fatigue. Like, have you ever just like searched for a movie all night and then watched nothing and went, to, went to bed? <laughs> well, and I think it, it depends on like what the options are, you know, like if the options are 
here are four different places you could place your hands and still be in a successful, supportive down dog. Great. If the options are, okay, it's time for back bends. Um, you could do locust or cobra or up dog or wheel or floor bow. Um, like just, or just not do it or just, yeah, not do or, just it. Not do it. <laughs> or you know, and like each of those has a different anatomical action and reason and preparation for it. So to me, it's like if the options are all in the same vein in one yeah, posture yeah. and you have enough time and breath to say them without turning into a drone. Amazing. But if the options are like, Oh, I don't really know what I prepared you for mm-hmm. here. So figure it out on your own. <laughs> yeah. That, that's another, oh, does someone, do you raise your hand? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we have a audience member who's going to contribute. Um, those this home. is back to your question of like, what do you look for? Um, I think I tend to do a variety of teachers, but every now and then I'll go to like a teacher who's very into like the yoga philosophy Mm -hmm. and like they'll come with a notebook and they'll prepare a reading and they'll discuss about like possible um, intentions for the class. And every time I'm like, Oh, this was, this Mm -hmm. was like really nice. Like I needed someone to like remind me of like the the old philosophy and like kind of taking it to a a different place almost. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about that business wise too? Yes, please. (laughs) would love to know (laughs) because like what comes up for me is when we're preparing to launch a class like or some some teachers go rogue and in the best possible way but I'll have teachers who will really overemphasize philosophy in class Jillian Payne I love you so much I'm going to use you as an example I'm using her example because it was like so smart but she was theming all of her classes around philosophy. She had long running series. She was really making it well-known in public that her class was going to be the woo-woo fill you up kind of thing. And then after I got feedback that people like that, she approached me about doing Sunday Sankalpa. So every Sunday morning at 8am, it is a non-asana class that she presents and it's all about the other seven limbs Mm -hmm. of yoga. So it's just, it's really fun to hear like teachers because teachers I'm, I'm always bringing it back to business but teachers are all their own brand mm. and so mm. if that speaks true to your brand and you want to continue to grow and evolve in that way it's really smart to make that your thing mm-hmm. because then it can become your thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah you, you I mean if you if you are a yoga teacher and you are like aren't just teaching one or two classes a week you're doing it as a career you are your own you know essentially your own brand and your own boss and you have to stand out in a world where a lot of people are doing it so you know a lot of people are yoga teachers yeah. uh so t- to if you and some people don't so the intention is to not you know have big you know crazy big classes or teach a bunch of workshops but if it is you do have to you have to have a lens mm-hmm. and stick to that lens yeah i think yeah from the teacher's perspective i think we talked a lot about the teacher's perspective of like how how challenging it could be to like navigate all of these shifts and stuff and I, it feels silly to ask this final question at this point in the conversation, but also to an audience that is like here on a Friday night, but because <laughs> it's like, if you listen to our podcast and you're here on a Friday night, I already imagine that your like level of interest in yoga is more than the average person. <laughs> but, and, and so maybe I'll just leave this as like an open-ended question and maybe for yoga students listening right now 
or even yoga teachers who are thinking about these same things, just like, how can we help students learn better and like retain or like, what is the, this is the question that I think is going to be unanswered for a while. If anyone wants to speak to like, how can we help them learn better? How can we help them make measurable progress? Yeah. Kind of go to Bradshaw's point earlier that everyone kind of learns differently. And so with the variety of teachers here, I think everyone, like maybe it's, hand, like you were saying, it's hands-on assist, or maybe it's you pulling me to the side, but um, yeah, I, I'm on a train that has no destination right now. Well, keep, but, um... <laughs> keep, keep, keep the mic for a second, because because you told that story that, that your half lift did not improve in a year. Yeah. I don't know if I actually said halfway lift, but that was I'm sorry, Michelle. I thought you said it before and I realized now you weren't specific. Okay. As so to say my name, but that's fine. My question is, because you take a variety of teachers and also you practice so much, you're here at least five times a week, maybe more. I don't know. Um, I'm not here that much. Like I jokingly call you the mayor, um, but like you're here this much. So like, I'm going to get personal. Like, what do you think you needed to make that change? Um, it was probably you calling me out in front of all teachers. Not. And then Manny was like, yeah. Okay, now it sounded yeah. worse. We were it's talking. It's really bad. We and then Ash was like, yeah, it's really bad. And I was kind of like, do you guys all sit around and talk about it? Like, no, it's really bad. Okay, hold on. We were having a private conversation and Manny was eavesdropping and he heard it and he walks by and he goes, yeah, Michelle, why do you think I always give you a hands-on assist in this position? Yeah. So th it was not every teacher. It was just because of the nature of the space. Like we're chatting in the lobby. Yeah. Someone hears it's so friendly and communal. They're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I've been trying to help you. With this well, yeah. I think, I think some, some, like this doesn't, this is not for Michelle. I think it's for the majority of students is like slowing down. Like mm. people are moving so quickly. Yeah. And it's like, it's very hard to be good at something when you're moving so fast. And I think that the majority of people, including myself, I, I have to tell myself when I'm teaching sometimes to like slow down, slow down. Um, because if you're just like, yeah, like you're, it's very hard to be good at that thing. And so I think that 90% of modern day yoga students can just take things down four notches and, and they'll become more skillful. But I kind of like you, your response though is like being, letting it come to your attention was helpful. So, yeah. so that is an approach. Like not every teacher does that. Not every teacher is going to walk up to you after class and be like, Hey, can I talk to you about your up dog or. Well, you know, that's what I think is so special about Zen is like, it's not just a class for you guys where you're like, okay, well, I mean, Bradshaw does leave you know, <laughs> five minutes before class, but beyond that, <laughs> calling, I mean, that calling us all out right now. <laughs> but, um, I have no shame. I have, I have no, yeah, it's fine. I have, um, a, she says I have a robust social life. Which I is, do. He does. But I do appreciate since you all have been talking about my halfway lift to come <laughs> approach me about it. Um, I love like, you. Yeah, some people Still might have you. had Manny doing the self assist mm -hmm. and actually been cued into that. 
maybe that's helpful for them. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that's where the train is going to stop. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it's going to perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I honestly appreciate you opening up not just to me, but our, all of our listeners. And <laughs> it is really helpful. I think it's helpful because it's there, yeah. this I wanna, happens to oh. a bunch of other students too. So. And I want to say something that's special, just like kind of piggybacking off of like, oh, and Manny was there and he often said this. Yeah. It's like one thing that I think like that Gianna touched on earlier is that we are really committed to our students mm -hmm. in a way that we have a basement office. And I've heard conversations that are not mean spirited and not gossipy that are just like, has this student been taking your class? I'm trying to get them to do X, Y, and Z. I've tried this, that, and this. Do you like, has anything worked for you? Mm -hmm. Are they like, you know, like there's the dialogue that's going on that's surrounded about care. That's like mm -hmm. how like, I'm nervous they're going to hurt themselves. They do this yeah. all the time, but they seem so confident and I don't know how to address the topic with them or whatever it is. And so hearing that, that's like, oh, like I'm sure then somebody then hears like, oh, Gianna's working on this shape with you. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to work on this shape with you for the rest mm -hmm. of the week, you know? And like, that's also being present in a studio and being a community member of a studio is that you get that insight from multiple lenses. I just want to bring up one thing before we pass the mic. I also, before I brought that up to Michelle, I did ask you if you were open to feedback. I was like, can I talk to you about something in your practice? Are you open to feedback? I don't, and, and, and so, so just to say, it's just bright red. I right now. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it. I wouldn't, <laughs> I, for any teacher out there, I would not unsolicited, especially if I don't know them well, walk up to them and be like, Hey, let's talk about your down dog. I would always be like, Hey, do you, uh, I think I have some ideas that may be helpful. Are you open to some feedback? It's like the same thing when people are like, when people come, like, can I give you some feedback on your class? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. This like, could I'm be gonna, a two-hour podcast. No we have to pass the mic. No, no. <laughs> I just wanted to address your um, earlier question of like, what yeah. was that change that maybe you needed from the teacher to go from this to this? Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of made me think like going full circle to the beginning of this conversation of like, sometimes you don't know that you're even doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to be able to see yourself in the mirror, but if you're in a full class, you don't have that visual or you just don't know if you're like me and you just like, I don't, I've never done teacher training. Mm -hmm. I have no yeah. idea. And then on top of that, I was thinking like, we are sometimes in here, like thinking about what other people are thinking. Yeah. About, are, who's watching me? Am I doing this mm -hmm. right? And we're sometimes I'm not paying attention to what you're cueing. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I find myself doing something and then I realize I'm three steps behind mm -hmm. because I'm so anxious all the time. That's why I'm in yoga. Yeah. I'm worried about what this person next to me is thinking, even though it's not me. So mm -hmm. there's so much happening all the time. And so that's why having a teacher of any style is so nice because it's like, you're there to be like, Hey, you're clearly in your head or you missed my last cue which was to like bend your back in a certain way or to not bend your back in a certain way so then to have you there to be like hey just do a little bit of this mm -hmm. or I have a little bit of feedback changes the game yeah you know so I thought that kind of brought it all full circle a little bit like well, yeah well, it's so relatable and uh, yeah. thank you for sharing that I remember I, I shared this on an episode but I'm I was the same way and it does get easier to drop into the flow state and less distractions with time and dedication I think I told this story in the podcast, but it's one of my favorite stories. I was teaching one time and I was, <laughs> a, I was in a mirrored room and I like, I was looking at my, they were in warrior two facing the direction, which I was looking and I was looking at myself in the mirror, 
and no one else, not at my students, but at me, at me. He was like, checking himself out. At my skin, my Botox, like checking it all. And the student looks at me and goes, you look great. <laughs> no, you <laughs> time. It's oh guys. No one loves to share an embarrassing story about themselves as much as Bradshaw. I love, I love an embarrassing story. So I think that was a good one. I think because of the live nature of this, we won't do mm-hmm. the funny thing stories today. But I did want to do a group game of cancel, explore, commit, which we often play on the podcast. <laughs> so cancel, explore, commit. If it's like kill, kill, marry, <laughs> <laughs> good whisper, you, you good get whisper. it, right? <laughs> okay so, no 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 the styles that we did tonight <laughs> oh my it's god awful. It's awful. okay okay HR. Can- cancel explore commit the first one is not melissa specifically but that style it's like the neutrality the alignment based teacher it wasn't too commanding wasn't too flowery second one the commanding, direct, simple style cues, but definitely more authoritative. Third, the options, the support, the care, the use of props included. All of the stuff that makes you feel like anybody can do this. Okay, so who liked Melissa the most? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm the only one who hasn't been called out lately tonight. So I'm nervous. (laughs) The most. No, and I know this is hard to play as a group, but like shout it out. We'll sum it up on the mic. No need to pass around mics. Is it like who? Okay. If you were killing the flowery person that was basically me, raise your hand. If I was going to kill somebody, it would be the flowery. Okay. So we're getting a couple of votes for kill the flowery. Is, would anyone kill the direct authoritative one? Just just two, two people and one of them. Yeah. <laughs> like it was hard for me to get through that flow. I was like anticipating what the next thing is and am I doing it right rather than just like letting myself go. So. Okay. So we got two, two votes for kill that. And then, so the rest of you are killing the, I really struggle with like offing any one of these styles. Cause like, I do feel like the directness sometimes it's like harder for me to like get in the flow, but mm. then like some of my most useful adjustments have been verbally through you mm-hmm. so, so this is a double-edged sword mm-hmm. you're like I don't like it but I like it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it so, but it but just by you know math the last the, the majority of you would kill off the neutral teacher I would I would say I would we only had four four kills for the flowery and two kills for the other that means that, yeah, Tim wanted to say I, something. Yeah, we'd like, we'd love I, to. I agree completely. I wouldn't kill any of them, but I I think that for me, it's the part of a particular class where each of those styles is the best suited. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did it that way. So so if yeah. you right like like as you're in as you're in your flow mm-hmm. and you're moving and you're sort of moving through that flow, a nice direct authoritative and and you know and and helping with cues to the breath and that sort of you know Mm -hmm. but then if you're working on a particular like if if you're working on an arm balance Mm -hmm. or something um you know just like ordering around isn't good you've got to give or i respond better to a lot of different options yeah you you can do it this way so jim if you had to commit 
you had to commit to one. Are you committing to the options? I have the teacher who always gives options. <laughs> I have commit. I have commitment. Me too. I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, Jim Ryan. Yeah, there's like seventeen men waiting for that <laughs> Well, I don't think we'll get like a conclusive group answer, and it does seem the consensus is that all of them serve their place. Well, that's kind of goes back to what I said at the be I think towards the beginning of class, which is like I would like a teacher at all three elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that we can all speak as teachers, where I think that like you've in some ways worked on being maybe a little bit more authoritative where I've worked on being like softening a little bit and giving more options. Um, so I, I, I really do think that the best teacher is the one that's kind of in the middle of all those places. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that gets back to the question of like, how do you serve your students is that as teachers, we're able to shape shift for you yeah. rather than expect you to shape shift for us, even though you are literally shape shifting and we're watching you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's a good way to like, you know, summarize and conclude. Rachel, I, got I, I, did, not, I did not give consent. <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate you all being here. Everyone in the studio, uh, thank you for taking class. Everyone at home, thank you uh, for, listening. for listening. And we will we'll see you all soon. Have a lovely evening. Yeah, thank you. And thank you. everyone, rate, review, subscribe. Five five stars only. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no feedback today. No feedback. Don't don't tell <laughs> <laughs>